0: Welcome to Locked on NBA Draft. I'm your host, Leif Tulin. On this show, we will be analyzing different NBA prospects every episode, presenting you with various perspectives on every prospect coming from the Locked on NBA hosts and NBA draft experts. Today, you'll be hearing all you need to know about my first personal favorite prospect in this class, Patrick Williams, a freshman, big, versatile wing from Florida State. With more on Williams, here's Nick's hosts, Gavin Shaw and Alex Wolf, who are joined by Bleacher Report NBA expert Jonathan Wasserman
1: gonna ask you specifically about the Knicks interest in Patrick Williams because it feels like we we've heard at, at different points like every other wing connected with the Knicks, like like you've heard about Vassell, Okoro, a ton, um, some of the guards, like Killian Hayes. Like I, I haven't really heard anything specifically um with the Knicks in regards to him. And and that was a little surprising because the Knicks are are typically the team that likes to make the upside play and likes to make the big splash. And I mean to your point on Williams, it seems like his, his floor, I mean, even relative to guys like Vassell and Okoro, like maybe isn't like quite as low as like um, some people viewed it like a few months ago where he was considered more of like a late lottery option. I I I guess um, what I'm trying to get to is like, have you heard anything in regards to the Knicks interest in him? And what do you think about like his ultimate ceiling as a player? Because you you hear about his attributes like size, weight, ball skills, shooting. And like I I was thinking like weren't um, people saying like sort of similar things about Paul George coming out of Fresno State and on one hand I think that's a ridiculous name for me to throw out because I haven't watched nearly enough film on either of them in college to to make that comparison but just in terms of like a loose outline like I, I feel like if teams were were sort of thinking like of like falling in love with him and like thinking oh my god like what could this guy be in the best case scenario we really don't want to miss out on that guy that was the name that came to my mind but I'm, I'm sort of curious on those two things
2: so Pat Williams first of all I haven't heard any direct ties with the Knicks so I don't I don't have anything there I'm they're certainly going to do their homework on him. You know, I don't, I don't know if they like him more than anybody else. Um, I'm sure he's in conversations, uh, you know, behind closed doors. But I don't, I don't know how much they like him. I certainly hope they consider him. He's number seven on my board, and I every day I consider moving him up higher, uh, just because I think in this particular draft, he is a gamble worth taking. Even though he's got a lot to improve, he's the youngest NCAA prospect in this draft. Just turned 19 years old. And who he reminds me of in terms of we're talking about ceilings, he reminds me of the forward version of Adebayo. So in, in Adebayo in college was a power player. Right? I, I totally missed on Adebayo. I think I had him early 20s, something I'll always regret. And, and in Kentucky, you play a role. And in Florida State, you play a role. Like You don't go outside of your box at Florida State just like you don't do at Kentucky. And suddenly we find out in the NBA that Adebayo can pass and he can dribble and he could shoot mid-range jump shots. He didn't do any of that at Kentucky. His stats were not didn't say any of that. The film never showed any of that. And Pat Williams is smaller. He's a forward version, a wing slash forward version. Six eight, powerful player. That's what immediately pops with him, right? He's six eight, two thirty, um, looks like a football player. But if you look at the film and you look at all these possessions of him handling and pick and rolls and passing with his left hand off the dribble and pulling up in the mid range and taking step backs around the elbows. And, you know, he didn't hit a lot of threes, but he looked pretty comfortable when he took them. And these are just flashes. You know, he only averaged nine points a game. This was not consistent occurrences. There were flashes. But for the youngest prospect in the draft, and based on what I hear about his work ethic uh, and the type of player he is, he's the guy who's going to maximize his potential. If these flashes turn into regular occurrences, he's got one of the most unique trajectories of any prospect in this draft. They're not 6'8, 230 pounders. Who run pick and rolls. I mean, he, he was 10 of 20 scoring at the pick and rolls. He shot 41% on pull-ups. Like, there wasn't a large sample size of each of these possessions. But if they become regular weapons in his arsenal, the you know, pick and roll ball handling, shooting off the dribble, stretching the floor, obviously the powerful finishing, the defensive playmaking is there no matter what because if that's just what comes with his body. But if these skills continue to build, and again, with his window being just turning 19 and his his you know reputation for for working um then i he, to me he's just a gamble worth taking. I don't think you're passing on and he can't miss guys at number seven or eight um so to me that's that's what I see with williams
3: yeah, would you say uh, you know I, this is something that I wonder about with Williams too I mean I feel like i i hear you know I've heard from you and I've read you know elsewhere that his Ceiling is obviously really, really high. You know, the, he definitely has the intangibles. There might be that, you know, the the sort of Florida State masking of his skills, like what you were saying, you know, because they, they kind of get asked to play in a certain role and, you know, not really stray from it. And in many ways, it's, you know, in Florida State, it's just like what you said with Kentucky, where they're just that's sort of like their own way of getting these guys ready for the NBA is like kind of putting them out of their comfort zone, making them do different things to you know, hone their skills prior to getting to the NBA. And then when they get to the NBA, they sort of get unleashed. Um, like Carl, Carl Anthony Towns is the guy that I always think about too. Of like he didn't shoot a single three pointer in, in college, even though I know, you know, I saw him in high school a couple of times and he used to shoot threes constantly in high school. Uh, he, I, I would be surprised if he shot one at Kentucky. I don't think he shot a single one and they had him basically play exclusively in the post.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, and that's just kind of what the, those coaches do uh, at Kentucky and, and Florida state. But I'm kind of curious, like what you think is, you know, you were just talking a minute ago about how Okoro, you know, has a defensive reputation and needs to show some growth shooting the ball and stuff like that to reach his full potential. But his floor seems really stable and that's an attractive thing to teams. To me, at least, based off everything I've seen and read, you know, with Williams, it seems like his floor is probably pretty stable, too. Like, what's your what's your read on his floor as a player? Like, do you think there is a world where he kind of becomes just one of those if things don't pan out right for him, that he's just kind of one of those uber athletic guys that can't really do anything or like to me, it seems like he at least has the defensive ability to pretty much always be out there as just a defensive player, even if the shot and stuff never fully comes around.
2: Yeah, I mean, I don't really think there's I know I was talking about like the the risk is worth the reward, but the risk that really is also saying that there really isn't much risk Um, with his body and his age and the skill set that he has. um, It it seems like impossible that he doesn't improve a little bit skill wise over the next couple of years. Um, And so if he just comes in and he, and he ends up being an okay shooter and an okay passer and an okay defender, I think there's enough there when you package it with his physical abilities that like, he can't be a, he can't be a bad player. I mean, or he can't be a non-factor. I mean, he's going to be a rotation player no matter what. Um, so, I, yeah, I think he's got a high floor, too. And, and, uh, and, again, one of the more unique ceilings in the draft. I know this is a bad comparison, but in my mind, I don't know why he pops out. But like, a guy like Marvin Williams, who just never really improved, but he stuck around for, like, 15 years yeah, because he was just, like, steady and just did kind of little things and never one thing too great, but always had a role. There was always a team willing to use him. There was always a rotation um, that he, that he managed to to play 15, 20 minutes in. So I don't know, that's the type of floor I see with him. Yeah. He, he
1: I, I think that's kind of what I like about him too. And, um, we, we had, um, draft prognosticator PD Webb uh, on the pot at one point, he was sort of making the same case. Like he's just like you look at like the archetype of guys who stay on the floor in the playoffs, like he, he's just that type of build. He, he just doesn't seem like someone Like he seems like a little bit matchup proof, at least defensively. And like, obviously, whether or not that's true offensively it is contingent on how good of a shooter he becomes, um, like how much that passing and ball handling continues to come along. But he, he just strikes me as someone who will be playing in important playoff games for a long portion of his career. And and to me, that's that's sort of a microcosm of this whole draft, where I think there, there are more guys than, than people think who, who fit that mold, uh, given that. considered to relatively weak, yeah.
0: Part of the reason I'm so infatuated with Patrick Williams is, as mentioned, he's the youngest player entering this draft after one year of college basketball. But more importantly to me, I saw flashes of advanced game from a physical specimen that Williams is already. I saw these flashes in limited opportunity due to playing on a loaded team that won the ACC outright over Blue Bloods. Patrick Williams is 6'8", 225 with a 6'11 wingspan that still has room to put on muscle. Does that frame sound like a prototypical body type? that is most coveted by NBA teams right now to you, it does to me. But it's not just the body and athleticism that draws me to Patrick Williams. He has good defensive instincts coupled with that body that screams multi-positional defender. He averaged 1.8 blocks and 1.8 steals per 40 minutes, which is very impressive. Williams also, in limited playing time due to a very talented roster featuring fellow projected lottery pick Devin Vassell, just played guard-like passing skills, passing off the dribble, handling in some pick and rolls, as well as showing an ability to shoot off the dribble seemingly with ease. He also shot 84% as a freshman from the free throw line and often free throw shooting is the best indicator of who can shoot the ball at the next level. I didn't even mention Williams' scoring or rebounding numbers yet, but I bet you're enticed, enticed by that combination of size, defensive upside and ability with the ball. And I am too. That's my pitch for why to pick Patrick Williams higher than some mocks have him. And speaking of big boards and mock drafts, coming up next, we will go to Chad, uh, to Chad go to Chad Ford and see if he loves Patrick Williams as much as I do and where he will be drafted. But before I go there, another thing I love and would highly recommend is Biltgo. Built go is a product made by the same wonderful group that brought us the world's fastest growing protein bar, Built Bar. Built go is designed to get us through a wall. What's your wall? For me, Biltgo helps me break through energy lulls while working. I have a Built Go, and I'm good to go. Bilko makes you the best at whatever you do, whether it's running, lifting weights, or just working through a long day at the office. Bilko makes you the best at whatever you do. Bilko comes in uh, easy-to-take-around 1.5-ounce packages that you can put in a backpack, your pocket, or anywhere you want to put it. Bilko is the top workout gel on the market and comes in delicious favors, such as my favorite, chocolate mint. It's, it's delicious. And it's good for you, too. Bilko is made from combining energy gel with collagen protein, which is fast-absorbing, which means it gets in your system fast, and thankfully, it's easy in your stomach, too. Visit bilko.com and use promo code LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D, LOCKED, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Again, use promo code L-O-C-K-E-D, LOCKED. For 20% off at Bilco.com. Let's go. Please make sure to subscribe to Locked on NBA Draft if you haven't already. And let your NBA Draft loving friends know too. They'll find great analysis on NBA Draft prospects from Locked on NBA hosts and NBA Draft experts each and every episode. And here's NBA Draft expert Chad Ford on Patrick Williams, who he has as his ninth spot on his NBA Big board. A lot of news in the last few weeks that Williams
4: is rising on draft boards and he's moving into the top 10. He's been in our top 10 uh, from the beginning I I think this is one of the cases where uh, I think the media is catching up a little bit where where Williams is at, and it's understandable why he would have been lower. He averaged nine points a game and four rebounds a game uh, as a freshman at Florida State. Those aren't particularly dominant numbers. Um, When people think about him as a potential like you know three and D or uh, four and D type prospect, he shot thirty two percent you know from three um this year and i think the big question that some teams have about him is who he's going to guard in the nba if he can guard 3s and 4s he he's got a long future in the nba there's some people that wonder whether that lateral quickness is there uh to be able to um to make up for that and then on the offensive end why he shows so much offensive potential he's turnover prone he's Streaky as a shooter, the the offensive maturity um, isn't there. He is a little bit more of a outlier where, you know, teams are talking about him at 5, 6, 7, 10. But also some teams are talking about him at 15, 16. He's a little bit all over the place, but I, I think he's higher on draft boards than people have been giving him credit
0: for all year. Chad Ford wasn't as high on Williams as I am for valid reasons, but still has him as a top 10 prospect in the NBA draft, speaking to his undeniable potential. I'm not alone in thinking Williams is better than where Chad Ford ranks him at ninth. Tony Jones of The Athletic, who covers the Utah Jazz, loves Patrick Williams and was on locked on Chad Ford's NBA big board to explain why. Tony, who's the
4: guy in this draft that, that you like more than, than I do as far as a guy that you've got ranked significantly higher? I'm not talking about a spot or two higher, but significantly higher on your big board than what you saw on Big Board
5: 2.0. I really like Patrick Williams um, because I think uh, I think in this league, you win in this league with two-way wings who are dynamic on both ends of the floor. And I think now he's not there right now. He's not there yet. I don't even want to say yet. I mean, he has a long way to go, but he's got that kind of upside to me. You know, I I think, I mean, obviously, you know, Isaac Okoro, you know, he projects as a a high-value dynamic defensive wing. Um, But I saw some, you know, some offensive upside out of Williams in his one year at Florida State. Uh, that really intrigues me. Like I think he's a good ball handler. Uh, I think he has upside as a shooter. He shot 32% uh, from three-point range at at Florida State, but I think he can be a dynamic defender. Uh, he's every bit of six foot eight. Um, he's got a plus wingspan, uh, and I think that he ha- has a chance to be a dynamic offensive player as well. Now the question with with Patrick Williams is. Um, I think that you have to have a really stable franchise uh, in terms of being able to develop him, uh, and I think you have to have a stable culture, uh, and I think that you have to have a same fan base as well. Because I think if you draft Patrick Williams, you might even have to put him in a G League for a year or half a year. Um, but if he works hard enough and he develops. Uh, I think that he's got a chance to be a terrific NBA wing and you absolutely win in this league with wing play. And, and there's just there's just no way around that. And and I think that he's got a he's, he's a guy that can that can develop on both ends of the floor uh, and be dynamic on both ends of the floor.
4: Tony's talking about uh, Florida State freshman Patrick Williams. I've also been high on Williams all year. Uh, He's been in my top ten since uh, since we we started uh, the big board. I've got him at nine. Are you arguing he needs to go higher than that?
5: I'm not arguing that he needs to go higher than that. I have him around eight or nine. So I mean, he's just like I just he's just one of my favorite prospects in this draft. Um, You know, he's he. I just think that he's somebody that. You know he's gonna need he's gonna need some time he's gonna need a couple of years at least um, and he you know his skill set is raw but he's he's got a chance to, to be a really good player in this league
4: I agree I'm I, I'm really bullish on Patrick Williams my only issue with him as a wing is I wonder a little bit about that lateral quickness I think he can guard fours in the league I, I my question is can he guard threes and and that to me is going to be the difference for Patrick Williams between being an elite prospect and just a, an okay prospect. Is can he guard other wings? And uh, and that that's that's really my only concern because he seems a little stiff from the way from the waist down uh, defensively at Florida State.
5: Yeah, you know, and I, and I think with the thing with Florida State, I mean, he he also had to. You know, there's a lot of internal competition there, right? Like, you know, Devin Vassell, obviously, uh, who's another who's another wing uh, out of out of out of Florida State that can go on, that, that has lottery potential. I mean, so there was just a ton of talent that he had to, to work through uh, to 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 get, uh, you know, in terms of in terms of playing time. Um, you know, so even by you know just being a guy that was a freshman and coming out as a freshman i think he's even a little bit inexperienced even by that standard as well um, you know so i i i i don't question his lateral quickness is 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 as, as much as you do i think that he he'll be fine i think that he can guard threes um you know my my question was actually you know how does his body fill out you know does he become a guy that goes from 6'8 and 220 to 6'8 and 235 or 6'8 and 240. Because if that's the case, then you're correct. He becomes a four in that case. Um, you know, but or does he become a guy that that stays at the 220, 225 range and, and maintains his athleticism? Um, you know, we don't know because, you know, he's he's so he's still so young uh, in his development. But you know, I think that he's a guy that uh, somebody, you know, really stable. You know, I think that he'd be a terrific pickup for the Suns. You know, at ten, or he'd be a terrific pickup for the Spurs at eleven. You know, one of those teams that you know, not quite at not quite contenders, but. have a really good roster for him to go to a stable roster for him to go to where not much of is expected of him in the first two or three years, you know, I don't want to see him go to somewhere like the New York Knicks because, you know, he goes in New York and all of a sudden he's in the G league for a year and he averages three, you know, five and three in year two, you know, the, the fan base is going to be calling him a bum. You know, I want him to go somewhere where he's going to be able to develop for a couple of years and then we see what we have.
0: Welcome back to Locked On NBA Draft. I'm still your host, Leif Shulene, and we're still talking about Patrick Williams. I'm going to send you San Antonio, where we will hear from Locked On Spurs host Jeff Garcia and Two Shots Podcast's Joe Garcia about Patrick Williams and if they think he is the man for the Spurs, who have the 11th pick. Patrick Williams.
6: Now, Patrick Williams... Uh, He's a freshman last year with Florida State. He's uh, listed as 6'8", 225 pounds, and plays the forward position 19 years old. The Spurs would definitely get uh, younger next season if they were to select him. And most mock drafts have him falling between 11 to 14, 15, and that includes the Spurs. Joe, do you like Patrick Williams? Do you think the Spurs should go after him?
7: I'll be honest, man. I like the kid. You know, don't get me wrong, but... This year's draft class is just weak. You know, whoever, whatever you wind up uh, picking, it, it's just, you know, going to be a roll of the dice, just like any any draft class, you know, regardless of the level of talent. You know, some players will pan out and others won't. But he, he's he's the name that you keep hearing a lot about. And I like the kid. You know, I'm not going to lie. I, I do like the kid, but, you know, if there's other, uh, other players available at that number 11th <laughs> spot that the Spurs are projected uh, to, or not projected, but they're going to get. Um, you never know, man. At I, 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 this time, I'd say if just go and draft based on the level of talent that's available for you. You know, if that's a shooting guard, so be it a shooting guard. But if that's the best available, let's say, pick that you have, that 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 person is going to be the best level of talent that's out there at that number 11th pick, just do that. Yes, they, we do have a need for a wing, but if this wing isn't really going to pan out, then why waste the pick? You know, that's my thing.
6: Yeah, you look at what he did last year at Florida State, uh, 29 games played in 22.5 minutes per game, averaged 9.2 points per game. Joe, one block, one steal, four rebounds, one assist. Uh, you know those those stats are not leaping off the page, but if the Spurs do need some defense on the wing, and he definitely has that. I mean, his steals. He's he's better one of the better defenders in the draft. Uh, as as a matter of fact, a lot of the mock drafts have that as his strength. Uh, that being steals and his ability to stay out of foul trouble. Uh, to me, Joe, he sounds a little raw right now. At 19 years old, you know, would have surprised to me to see him spend a good chunk of his rookie season in Austin versus in San Antonio. Now, I I do think they'll play he'll play in San Antonio. An 11, an eleven pick should be playing with the big team, not stashed away in the G League. But nevertheless, Joe, I get I get the vibe of Project Kid. What are your thoughts? No,
7: I, I do. I get the vibe of Project Kid, and we've seen what happened with some of these Spurs projects, you know, Sh- Shimezi Metu, you know, we have Drew Eubanks who kind of surprised people, including myself at the bubble, you know, but at, honestly, at the end of the day, these aren't going to be your budding superstars in the making, you know, these are our right. kids or, or players, for example, uh, that, you know, the Spurs wind up getting Patrick uh, Williams. He's probably going to wind up spending time with the Austin, Austin Spurs, you know, And Mm -hmm. that's just to go to show you the level of of talent that's available in this in this year's draft is kind of weak. So it wouldn't surprise me. But at number 11, you would think that you would have somebody who is NBA ready and ready to contribute to to the cause. You know, you want to see him out on the court Mm -hmm. not stashed away in Austin to let's see what this kid can do. Maybe he can develop into something. You know, I'm tired of doing that, Jeff. I'm getting old. We're running out of time. You know, I want to see the Spurs make the playoffs. Just, just throw right. them in the fire, man. Let's see what they got. You know, I'm tired of the, let's go ahead and just pan, let's see what they might pan out to be by stashing them and, in, 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 you know, over there in the Austin um, G League, you know, with the, the Austin Spurs. Right. Yes, there's some time you yeah, can spend know. there, Jeff, but let's be honest, do, do Spurs fans really want to see that? Probably not.
6: No. And, uh, you know, focusing more on the defensive side of him. And, and that's where he really excels. And I, I, again, he would address the Spurs need for uh, some perimeter defense. He's, he's a gifted athlete. You know, he has the size, he has the length, he has the wingspan he has a near seven foot wingspan, Joe. And uh, that, that frame is just pure muscle. I mean, Hey, I wish I was 19 years old again, <laughs> Joe's not going to have that type of genetics then, but nevertheless, Joe, He has the ability to guard multiple positions, and that's what I like about Patrick Williams. He's a promising defender. Um, He fights on the inside uh, to get the position inside. Excuse me. And he started to get better uh, on the rebounding side towards the end of his state with Florida State. I like that. But, again, it's the offensive side of it. Maybe the Spurs don't need offense. Maybe they just need a a defender who go out there and just lock guys down exactly what the Spurs need, Joe. Are you willing to be okay with that if he comes in to be kind of Bruce Bowen-esque and maybe give you some offense when he can? Or do you want kind of the whole package? I want the whole package, man. I
7: mean, yeah, we could use a defender, but if that defender isn't putting up buckets, they become a liability. It's much like we've seen when we have one Bryn Forbes or Marco Beninelli out on the court or even together. While they might be able to knock down some points, At the end of the day, they're a liability. A liability because they can't play defense. In this, we'd have the opposite. You'd have a player who is willing to play defense, but the question mark, even in his draft uh, report and the scouting report, is can he be a fifteen-plus point scorer? Does he even have the desire to to go out there and get a bucket? You know, I mean, that that's the conundrum that you're in. You know, that's why I'm like, Mm -hmm. I I like the kid, but I, I think there's something out there that could be better
6: uh, than one Patrick Williams. You know, there, there's one mock draft of Joe that describes him as built in the Kawhi Leonard mold. Imagine oh, that if the Spurs were to strike it out again, strike out again, and that uh, actually strike good in a good way strike it out of the, the park here and uh, get another guy who can at least hopefully become another Kawhi Leonard, maybe not the off the court antics, Joe, but he'll stay in San Antonio. Nevertheless, uh, that that's a lofty goal for him and I think they're just trying to give him some sort of comparison but hey uh, again you know you look at all the mocks it's defense defense this kid versatile defense and a good in the transition transition game uh, but you know the, the, the fact that you know well first of all he's the youngest player in the draft Joe he is the youngest so you talk about a youth movement and the Spurs go with this, they're getting younger and they're definitely going to have a raw player. But I, I, with the Spurs and I think they'll see his defensive versatility, Joe, I think I would not be surprised if you hear his name um, being selected by the Spurs come draft night, Joe, your thoughts, no, they,
7: you know, you, you were going to hear this name time and time again. You know, we've been hearing it before uh, the Spurs that were even projected, yeah. you know, to get that, top 10 pick and of course they came in at number 11 which wasn't you know too bad in my book i thought they were going to be 13 you know so 11 was like plus for me but regardless i mean the kid he's he's a freakish combo forward um he has an intriguing upside jeff um especially as a defender um he could be one of the most i guess explosive. he was one of the most explosive athletes in college basketball but It's difficult to keep – he's difficult to keep off the glass as far as, like, the offensive glass. You know, he goes up there and he he rebounds really well, plays really good defense. It's just his scoring ability. You know, you don't know if he's going to be able to develop develop the scoring potential at at that next level. That might not ever develop up to NBA standards. So, basically, you just Hmm. have a body out there that can play defense and can rebound well. But beyond that, uh, you want him to be able to score – Uh, Even at least six, eight points a game, you know, would be helpful to the Spurs, especially, you know, in today's NBA where we have high octane offenses out there, you know. So he's one of these kids that you're going to throw the dice, you know, roll the dice out there and gamble. So I think I would want somebody who's a little bit more well-rounded on both the offensive end and defensive end. So in my book, I'd probably say I'd pass on him, you know, if he's at eleven.
6: If we look at uh, one map mock draft or slash profile site, Tankathon Joe, according to them, uh, his stat strengths are his age, young, his free throw percentage, you can knock him down, steals, and fouls, stays out of foul trouble as much as he can, and could be a good three-point shooter in the NBA. So, so far, you're liking that 3 and D guy. You're hearing that and those stats. But when it comes to weaknesses, Joe, that no, The site has definitely tons of them for him. Um, not a really particularly good rebounder. As I mentioned, he started developing a rebounding game towards the end of his day in Florida State. Wasn't there throughout his whole career. Obviously, the points um, doesn't really score as much. Um, free throw rate. you know, this is interesting. He doesn't get to the free throw line a lot, and he does turn the ball over a lot, uh, thus creating a bad assist to turnover ratio. He is a project, Joe, and I, I think if the Spurs want to go up the project route, I would get it because they're in a whole rebuild mode right now. But wouldn't it surprise me again just because of that three that defense he brings why the Spurs select him. Joe, final thoughts on Patrick Williams before we move on to our next if candidate.
7: If anybody's looking to compare him to somebody who's in the NBA already, look no mm-hmm. further than Chris Singleton. That's a good comparison. Mm-hmm. So, if you want, if you want to know what his potential could be, that's what he could live up to. But again, you know, he's a work in progress. And and in my book, I mean, we're we're kind of the window is closing. You know, with some of our 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 other players in here with Dejounte and you know Derek White, we we want them to be able to play with some elite level talent. And and to, in my book, this is not it.
6: So, you, would you be disappointed if the Spurs select Williams or no?
7: I disappointed? Yeah, because then we we'd know basically what we're gonna get. We're not gonna see him. He's just gonna be over there with the Austin Spurs. Uh, he's probably gonna spend a good amount of time there, maybe two seasons plus. Um, you know, he's probably gonna get three, four minutes here and there throughout the season and on away games. You know, um, and he must, he just might not ever pan out like a as he met Metu again. You know, great athleticism this kid showed just never panned out. And I predict that this might, you know, be another Metu in the making here. I hope not. But I think that Spurs could do better uh, than Patrick Williams.
0: Wow. That was shocking to me. Locked on Spurs did not like Patrick Williams at all. He may take time to develop since he is raw and had lower usage rate than some other players, that, but there are tools you can't teach with Williams. As I said, he's my favorite prospect in this draft, and I frankly believe he won't be there at the 11th pick for the Spurs, but as I researched Williams initially, researching his game to figure out why he was my favorite player in this class, this thought crossed my mind. If Popovich gets a hold of this guy, that will be trouble for the rest of the league. He's not Kawhi and that's unfair to compare him to Kawhi, but they have similar traits and he's younger and bigger than Kawhi was when he was drafted and has better mechanics on his jumper coming into the league. Whether the Kawhi comparison is apt or not, I truly believe he is one of the three uh, three All-NBA caliber talents in this draft class if he pans out. I had to think long and hard about the comparison for Williams, but I think I found a good one. His floor is around that of Jeff Green's, a long, gifted forward that unfortunately had some serious injuries derail his career, but when healthy, was and is a good player. And I think Williams' ceiling is around that of a bigger Sean Marion with better form. Well, that's it for today on Locked on NBA Draft. We have lots more prospects to come in the few weeks leading up to the NBA Draft on November 18th, so you know where to get all your information on all of your favorite teams and prospects. Check out the episodes on Williams' fellow 3 and deep draft prospects, Aaron Neesmith, Sadiq Bay, and Josh Green, as well as Maryland big guy Jalen Smith. Tune in for an episode on Patrick Williams' teammate, Devin Vassell. This has been Locked on NBA Draft. Thanks for listening. I'm Leif Tuline.